Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. edition of the Night Report Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, it was a, a long week uh, of July 4th festivities. I hope everybody at home had a great holiday and a safe holiday, more importantly. We have a lot to cover today, so I'm just going to hop right into it. Uh, one of the news items that has broken since the last time we spoke is that the Rutgers basketball program has had a few additional opponents announced for its 2023-2024 schedule. Uh, Rutgers is going to have a neutral site game at the Prudential Center versus Mississippi State, who I believe last year was an 11 seed in the tournament. Uh, I think they were in like the 50s in the net, so a pretty good opponent. And also, there is now going to be a rekindled rivalry with uh, Princeton after about a 10-year hiatus. Uh, we stopped playing them when Eddie Jordan was the head coach because Eddie Jordan couldn't beat Princeton. And now Pykel, I think, has felt the heat from fans and media, and now the, the rivalry will return. And it's going to be a neutral site game in Trenton to kick off the season. So, Rich, just tell us about how these two games came together and uh, what you're hearing about each. Um, so the Princeton one, um, yeah, just starting with that, uh, it was honestly, like you, you said already, the fan the fan base kind of pushed this one a little bit. Um, their, the rivalry's there. The history's there. They've been playing – they've played more games than Rutgers-Seton Hall, which is the true rivalry, not rivalry. Um, Richard Kent might not be happy with this one, but I, I mean, Seton Hall is the bigger rival at the end of the day, but this is, uh, this is all like historical and has a lot of historical value to it. And honestly, I, I love when they play in state teams. There's no reason not to, you should be playing Monmouth every year. You should be playing Princeton every year. You should be playing, uh, if you're going to play lower levels, like play NJIT, play, um, yep. rider, play them all and you save some money. And if anything, you're giving money towards state schools. So it's like, it kind of works. Um, yeah, I do agree with like the sentiment that this is the more historical rival. Like, Seton Hall wasn't even a rivalry with Rutgers until they both were in the Big East. So that's yeah. like a very fresh rivalry. So like the last 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've played Princeton 120 times. So this, yeah. or 110 times, something like that. Yeah. So this is a huge deal to get this back going. Yeah. So basically they got it back going. Um, sounds like Princeton's going to be down this year, which isn't good for out of conference schedule rankings, but it is good for Rutgers chances. I, I, I think they win pretty easily. Um, I know after talking to our, to our buddy, Richard Kent, he's, he thinks it's only going to be like a five point game. And I'm like, I don't know about that. That's let's calm down a little bit. Hold on. Like um, if they're going to be down this year, like it's not going to be a five point game in my opinion, but regardless um, they're not playing at either schools or uh, home court. They're going to play at the cure insurance arena, Poland spring arena, as I used to call it. Um, Cause that's, what it was called um yeah i don't know how i feel about that i don't like that idea personally but it's a neutral site so you get a neutral site uh rating i guess or whatever you want to call it quad quad ranking quad record whatever yeah designation by the ncaa so that's going to help a little bit in terms of where that game might be seated um it's early season i mean it's 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 a pretty good litmus test for this team especially because you uh you have a lot of new bodies um so we'll wait and see what happens there but i i think this is a good one and then the other one being Mississippi State's, I think, huge. I think that's going to be uh, 
a very big game at Prudential, or not Prudential. Yeah, no, Prudential. Yeah, Prudential Center, yep. yeah, so they're playing at Prudential Center twice this year, which is weird to say. Um, they were a tournament team. They're eh, iffy this year. I know they're ranked um, projected number eight in the, in the big um, in the SEC. <laughs> so uh, we'll wait and see how they go this year. They, they added, they lost a couple weapons. It seems like they were 53 last year in terms of Ken Palm rankings, but we'll, like I said, we'll kind of wait and see. The out of conference schedule overall, it's maybe slightly better, but it's it's still lacking a little bit. Um, and they're still missing one more piece, so we'll wait to see what happens there with that last game. Yeah, I think it's expected that that last game will be filled, though, with a fourth team in the, the multi-tournament uh, situation at Rutgers. I think two yeah. of those three t- games have already been filled. Uh, the NCAA allows you to have 30 regular season games as a college program, college basketball program, but you mm-hmm. have 31 if you're involved with an MTE. And so those sometimes are those big tournaments in Hawaii or the Bahamas, but you could also host one at your own school like Rutgers tends to. Uh, I think that might change next year because of some of the players that are expected to join the program. And speaking of which, one of those potential uh, players joining the program, Dylan Harper, there's been some kind of new news uh, regarding Dylan. Yeah, that's new. Uh, So obviously we had previously reported that he was uh, playing – at the under-19 FIBA World Championships in Hungary uh, the last couple weeks. Unfortunately, the U.S. ended up finishing fourth in that tournament, but Dylan had some good showings. He played a lot of minutes there. Uh, Steve Peichel and Brandon Knight flew out to go see him for a couple days too, which it was reported that no other programs did that. Uh, I think that was a little bit off because uh, Norm Roberts of Kansas actually flew out as well, but I think mm-hmm. Pike was the only head coach to show up, and Rutgers showing – uh, two coaches showing two coaches up over, you know, a holiday weekend or, a, you know, the week of a holiday. It's huge. Rutgers is recruiting him very heavily still. Also, another uh, interesting nugget. It seems like Duke has begun to pivot. Uh, they tend to just, you know, they tend to just like hone in on a couple different targets uh, when they're recruiting. Uh, apparently, they weren't very high in the 24 class, but they have offered two additional players in the 24 class the last few days. That is VJ Edgecombe of uh, Long Island Lutheran in New York and Khan Nupel, a uh, shooting guard out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, so tell us what you're hearing about uh, Dylan Harper, Rich. Yeah, so you basically just uh, you basically said it already. Um, so yeah, it sounds like they're going to pivot a little bit. They, they did offer VJ Edgecombe out of New York. I think he's a really good prospect in his own right. Um, but for Duke to say that they're not high in the 2024 class is just like basically saying, right, like I, I look at it like, come on, like, of course you're going yeah. to say that when you're not landing on one of the top two kids and you're getting yep. beat out by other schools, especially when like you're getting beat out by Rutgers right now. Mm-hmm. Rutgers has the juice on the recruiting trail. They got Ace Bailey, Lathan Somerville's lighting up Peach Jam right now, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But they're just – I really think they're going to get Dylan Harper. I'm still confident. I've been confident for a while. Um, there's a reason Delquan Warren decommitted. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you, it sound, sounds like the – remember those rumors where Dylan might have silently committed or not? I, I'm believing it more and more every day. Um, this is, it just sounds like this is Rutgers all the way. But uh, yeah, it sounds like they're going to also look into Julio Bethia. If, uh, this is Duke, by the way. They're also going to look into uh, Julio Bethia, who's a Pennsylvania guard. You guys are pretty familiar with. Rutgers showed some interest early on. Um, I think a couple months ago, actually, they were showing interest too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dylan, Dylan. And if you saw Dylan's interview, and this is where it goes back to that silent commit thing. Uh, Dylan's interview with rivals at the USA thing uh, with Kristen Peake. He basically said, he's like, they're like, are you a combo guard? 
or um, a point guard. He goes, I'm point guard, but I'm also a combo guard. So that leans more towards the Delquan Warren decommitment, who is a true point guard. And he's going to want the ball in his hands when he's walking up the court. Um, and that's where Dylan's going to come in handy. And I think that's it's just leaning more and more in Rutgers' favor. This is this is huge. I know some people with like around the program are a little nervous about Kansas being there. And Kansas obviously is well known for throwing NIL around. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, hello. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think NIL is going to be that much of a factor. I think Rutgers is just clearly in the driver's seat here. I think they're very confident about it. And we just got to wait and see what happens. Now, is he going to still take a couple more visits? Yeah, I think he's still going to visit Kansas. I don't know if that Auburn one's going to happen or not. Um, and technically, he could take official visits to other schools again, too, because it's a whole new calendar year. Yep. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens there. But I do think he'll take a Rutgers official as well. And I th- that might be the icing on the cake. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Rutgers gets the last crack in a visit. Um, his schedule, obviously, that was put out. Uh, Jerry Carino did a great job of aggregating his entire schedule. I think we got like half of the way there. Okay. Uh, he doesn't really have a whole lot of time on his schedule in the summertime. Uh, so I would assume that he's going to start making his visits in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, again, just an assumption. We don't know for sure. But given that basically his entire summer is blocked off already, can't imagine there's much time there for visits. So just stay tuned because I'm sure those dates will eventually get out there. And uh, like Richie said, like he could take, you know, although, although he already took a visit to Indiana, he already took a visit to Duke, he could take an additional one um, because the NCAA changed their rules about official visits. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's dive into the Peach Jam, like you'd mentioned. A few of Rutgers' top targets and commits are at Peach Jam and having standout sessions. Uh, let's start with the guy who's committed. Lathan Somerville is dominating at the Peach Jam. Dog, absolute dog. dog. Like <laughs> he is just on fire right now. Everyone looked at him, and you see his build, and he's a six nine and a half, six ten, two thirty, two forty around there. I'm probably I'm probably saying a little too much. I think he's around two thirty. And everyone thinks that he's just this old school big man going to back you down. And then he just pulls like fadeaway jumpers and it's, and he's hitting mm-hmm. and it's like near the top of the key. And it's like, Oh my God, like this man is just a scoring machine and rebounding wise. He, he knows how to use his body pretty well. He's, he's big, he's bulky. Um, he just pushes people around in the paint. Um, he's just a great player. He's like, he's turning into a really good player. I think we have him in the seventies right now. And I think that's only probably going to go up from here Yeah, because if you notice like every single, not just our network, but like, multiple networks uh recruiting analysts were tweeting out how good his he was this past week especially on tuesday and wednesday yep. um he's putting up easy double doubles um against an ey the eybl is tough as is the peach jam is like the cream of the crop like this is it yeah um this is the biggest of the the events of aau circuits every year and he's going against top talented guys and he's, he's dominating these guys so this is a very impressive performance by him this year yeah, to put it in like golf terms, like this is the Masters of the AAU circuit. Like this is the big tournament of the year. Everybody has on their calendar. This is the last tournament of the year, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. His last two games, he put up 23 points and four rebounds. And somebody who said that they were there, they're like, I thought he had way more than four. So that might be, you know, who knows if these stats are fully correct. And the game he had yesterday, he had 17 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, he's just, he's super efficient too. He's shooting uh 57% from the field in the tournament, 13 to 17 from the line. So he's got some touch. He mm-hmm. got to the line a lot too. The last two games, he got in the line eight and seven times, played 30 minutes and 24 minutes. He's just, 
he's just the walking bucket, man. Uh, he is a tough, tough, tough kid to play at the high school level, given his size and the way he plays. Yeah, um, I'm looking back at it right now. So Rob Cassidy, our national hoops director of recruiting, or yeah, I think I said that right. Um, he basically just said he's got a surprisingly deep bag of moves, just hit a jumper off a spin move, and, and he had 11 and 10 in just three quarters of play. Like, the man is killing it. This is <laughs> it's huge that he's already committed too because now people are like, who the hell is that? Kid? And it's like, oh, he's going to Rutgers, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, because everybody hears about Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper. It's so easy to forget about, you know, it, it's so easy for even our fans to forget about how how highly ranked this guy is. He's like one of the top ten recruits all time for Rutgers in terms of yeah. ranking. So, like, I don't think he's he's getting slept on in some sense because we just have two higher targets who mm -hmm. sounds like are going to both end up at Rutgers. Um, so I, I think we, we are guilty of not giving Lathan as much love as he deserves. Sometimes uh, he's just yeah. a fantastic player. No, we might, uh, might have to sneak him on the pod one day and see if we could pull that off. Uh, we'll see. We're trying to we're, like, we, like we said, we've been hard at work trying to get some uh, very exciting guests on the pod for you guys. And uh, logistically we're still working on it. It's still in the background. I know we've mentioned it having yeah. some exciting, uh, guest as soon as possible um so dylan also is at peach jam playing from the new york Rens. he didn't mm -hmm. play in the first game back because he'd just been you know on a plane for like 20 hours i assume <laughs> so he didn't play in the game on monday but he's played in the game on tuesday and wednesday uh game wednesday or the game tuesday he scored 17 points seven rebounds three assists in a win over team mellow and yesterday he played uh, 32 minutes, scored 16 points, six rebounds, six assists in a loss to Mokan Elite. So just tell us about Dylan's uh, performance so far at Beach Jam. Yeah, um, you just gave his points for that or his stat line for that. And then I think the day before he had 17, 8, and 4, I think it was, or the day, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so hard to keep track because you guys play so many damn games. Um, I know. But yeah, no, he's he's been basically doing his own thing. Like he came back from from Europe and literally went right back to playing again. Like this yeah. kid, when they say ball's life, this is like the true definition of ball's life. <laughs> um, and his schedule's insane because now he's he's going to I think it's the Chris Paul camp after this. Um, yep. One, one, yeah, I think that's next up. But yeah, no, he's been absolutely dominant. Um, he's leading the New York Renaissance as always. Nothing really crazy at this point. It's just everyone, every time someone sees him, they're just like, the kid keeps getting better and better. He's just now he's becoming more of a passer at times. And then other times he's just like a full blown scorer and leading the team in scoring. And he can literally do it all. And that's why they compare him to James Harden. Like he is, he's literally that type of guard. He can play the point guard spot, he can play the shooting guard spot. He can be a scorer at times. He can be a distributor at times. Like Dylan's bag is just ridiculously like Phil. Yeah. Like he's got every. Every move you could think of, he can pull it off on the court, and he's showing it yet again at Peach Jam this week, and he showed it on, on the national stage in USA, or again, or with Team USA. Yep, and if you guys want to watch the Peach Jam, uh, if you go to nikeeyb.com uh, slash peach-jam, they have a, a tab for live streams, and every game that's played during Peach Jam, you can watch live. Uh, especially uh, for Friday. So on Friday, Brad Beal Elite, which is late in Somerville's AAU team, plays the New York Rens uh, at 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock Eastern. So that's got to be, I mean, just to see, like, the interactions on the court even, like, you know, you might see Lathan dap up uh, Dylan or something like that. I, I don't know. There might be a clip, uh, hint, hint, Richie, that we can possibly get out of that game. Um, 
But yeah, the, you can watch every game. So Dylan plays today uh, at 6 p.m. against AZ Unity. Uh, Lathan plays today at 7.30 p.m. against Team Mellow. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great tournament. All Basically, every top, almost every top prospect in the country is playing at the tournament right now. Um, another guy that Rutgers is recruiting very heavily is the class of 2025 guard Darius Adams, uh, who is also at Peach Jam, like I said. He also announced, <clears throat> I think, yesterday he's transferring. We previously reported he's transferring from Asquan High School. He announced yesterday he's transferring to La Lumiere High School mm -hmm. in Indiana, which is part of the NIVC, which is essentially like a super conference for all these top basketball programs. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, how uh, Darius Adams is there at the UIBL. Yeah, he's, he, he's, uh, he's done pretty well, too. Um, I guess you could call it UIBL, same thing, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's just their, their premier event. But no, he's, he's done really well. I think it was Tuesday night. He had 20 and 6. Uh, he shot like 7 of 11 from the field. He's he's been dominant as always. He's playing for PSA Cardinals, which um, Nike program. Uh, not that it affects anything really, because I guess everyone playing this week is basically Nike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's been really dominant. He's going to go to Lalamere now, out of Ma leaving Manasquan High School, which is going to be good for his game because now you get to play like top top level competition um, every day. Uh, you get like borderline college coaching too like we just saw with sunrise christian academy who's also in that league just uh his their head coach just got hired by texas tech as an assistant so it's not like it's crazy these these guys are like legit level coaches if you look at like their facilities too and their trainers they, they have so much to offer in terms of like uh versus a public school basically um it's i don't want to compare it to like going to the big north compared to like a public school in new jersey because it's it's so much more than that um it's like a different level completely, but yeah, no, he's, he's been playing really well. He continues to be a top 20 prospect. Uh, I think we have a 21 technically, but I don't think that's going to stay there for long. I think, I know he just got updated, but I think next update, he's going to go up again. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And he's, he's just a big guard and that's yeah. <laughs> kind of Pykele's MO at this point, but maybe not this year. So who knows? But I, I, th I like, think Rutgers <laughs> is in a good spot right now for him. We'll wait and see. It's a long way to go. Yeah, so that's kind of everything uh, Rutgers related from Peach Jam. Uh, stay tuned because I'm sure there'll be a lot of videos and content that comes out of Peach Jam. Um, mm -hmm. And also, you definitely should check out uh, the Peach Jam website to, to watch the live streams and check out the schedule to see when each guy plays. <laughs> uh, but you said, you know, Michael might be favoring shorter guards, but, uh, you know, the guy that they brought on campus last week, he's not really a short guard. He's, yeah. a, he's a guy with some pretty good size in Austin Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the transfer target out of uh, Hartford. He's 6'4", 200 pounds is what he's listed at. Uh, and he looks every bit of that. Tell us what you're hearing about Austin Williams. Yeah. Um, uh, Marist, Hartford, FIU, seventh year guy now at this point. Uh, <laughs> sounds really good for Rutgers chances. Uh, I spoke with him the other day. He gave, he gave me the little inside scoop of how the visit went. Uh, it wasn't enough for quotes, so I didn't put it into an article. Um, might just not do anything with him. I just post it in the, in the war room this week. Uh, but it, it wasn't anything like significant. All these kids say the same thing for the most part. It's like great visit, had fun, spoke with coaches, great relationship, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, basically he, he, uh, he told me he did take two other visits to Duquesne and Manhattan. Manhattan makes a lot of sense because the former Hartford head coach is, uh, over at Manhattan now. 
Um, yeah, but it sounds like Rutgers is in a very good spot to land Austin Williams. And I think that's probably your starting two guard. If I had to guess, because if healthy, he's a great scorer. Now, mind you, he didn't play last season, uh, due to injury with FIU. So that's why I said FIU transfer sort of, because he, he did enroll at school for a year, but, uh, at this point, you got to hope the kid's probably getting his doctorate if he's in his seventh year. But yeah, he. Um, it sounds like Rutgers is in a very good spot. I think they're going to land him when it's all said and done. And I, I think he could be your your two guard. Like I said before, your starting two guard. He averaged um, sixteen last time he was healthy in at Hartford in the AEC, which I believe is the same conference as Stony Brook, and that's the same conference that uh, Quasi Yaboa came from. And yep. we saw what he did. Like it's mind you, different player completely, but. He's still a really good player. Yeah, and the staff feels really good about landing him. Um, sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing if a guy doesn't commit right out of a visit. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to let things play out, and I think that's kind of the stage things are at right now. Um, I would not worry about this one. We both feel good about it. Staff feels good about it. Just mm-hmm. give it some time. Um, if I could do a future cast for a transfer, I'd do it. Put it like that. And I'd put it like a hundred percent. Like I'm that confident. Yeah. That's, uh, that's based on what, you know, you've told me and what we're hearing. That's, uh, yeah. That on. Um, so that's the Austin Williams update. Uh, there's a couple of things that happened amongst the coaching staff. There was, uh, there's a thing that you can, well, I won't say exactly what it is, but there's been some extensions announced for the assistant coaches on the basketball program. Tell us a little bit yeah. about those. Yeah, so TJ Tom, like we kind of knew this was going to happen. Or it's not like they're just letting these guys go. But uh, June 30th was officially the end date for most contracts. Um, Steve Hain and TJ Thompson both got extended. They both got pay bumps. Uh, TJ Thompson got a significant pay bump, like almost like 50% pay bump. Um, yeah. It might actually be 50%. I know he's up to 375 now um, for one year. He was making, I want to, I had it listed too, damn it. I think it was like 200 and. 10 or something like that. But regardless, he's, he's getting a significant pay bump and rightfully so he, uh, okay. He's making two fifty in his previous deal. He's up to three seventy five now. So yeah, he's, uh, he more than deserves it. The man's been a dominant recruiter. He's been a really good coach. Um, there's, there's really nothing else to be said there. And then Steve Hain, loyal guy to Steve Peichel has been there forever. Now went to assistant coach and chief of staff. He's still chief of staff, got a little pay bump. I think it was about 20 grand pay bump for this year. Um, they're only one year deals. And I think that's going to be the way going forward for most assistant coaches. Now, mind you, Brandon Knight's in a different situation. That one, you, you give him whatever the hell he wants. And that's why he's on, I think he's on board until his actually, actually all of them expire next year. So Brandon Knight expires in March, 2024, and the other three, and TJ Thompson, Marlon Williamson, and Steve Hain, all expired June 2024. So uh, we're probably going to see some pay bumps for him again next offseason, if I had to guess. Um, yeah, we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, these were expected, uh, especially the TJ one, because TJ has done such a great job on the recruiting front and really developed into uh, Michael's second ace on the staff, because Knight mm-hmm. is obviously uh, his go-to, you know, go-to man for a lot of the, uh, the recruiting situations. He's also the assist- associate head coach. Um, mm-hmm. and TJ's done such a, such a good job. Uh, really impressed with him. Um, the last thing I have on the basketball front is we had previously talked about the, the trade winds blowing Northwest for Paul Mulcahy. Uh, it sounds like Washington made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. 
Paul Mulcahy, we previously reported uh, was going to end up at Washington, and he announced his commitment this past weekend. Tell us what uh, what went into that commitment. Yeah, we we said this like as soon as he entered the portal. It's four hundred thousand reasons why he chose Washington. Um, <laughs> it's nothing crazy. Like we we knew it was going to happen. It's not nil related. It's not nil related. It's not nil related, but it is nil related. So that's, yeah. let's be honest here. Like who who you fooling at this point? Um, New Jersey's point guard is now Washington's point guard. Um, <laughs> I just I don't get it. I mean, I get it money wise, but. You can't tell me it wasn't money and then go go take the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he visited a couple schools. Sounds like he went to Xavier. I don't know if he visited Notre Dame or not. I think there was a rumor he was going to. Uh, I think somebody reported that he was going to visit. I don't know if he yeah. actually ended up making it to campus. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, and the, the crazy part is, and you sent this to me, I think, uh, it sounds like he might not even be a starter. <laughs> Yeah, so some of the mods, uh, I was trying to see what they were saying about the whole Mulcahy situation. Some of the mods of uh, one of Washington's fan sites announced, or predicted the starting lineup, and Paul Mulcahy was not in it. So who knows if I – I don't believe that personally. I don't think no. he made the kind of commitment that they did to Paul Mulcahy if you're not going to start him, but yeah. You kind of have to, I feel like, you at that to. point. like It's just – you don't pay someone that much to – be on the bench. I can't say nope. it. And like I say, every time, almost every transfer is transferring because he's going to go start somewhere. He's not going to yes. go transfer and be like, yeah, I want to be the seventh man. Like I'm going to transfer here. Like, no, I'm going to start. <laughs> like that's the same case with Austin Williams. Like mm-hmm. everyone's like, yeah, he's a backup. And I'm like, you don't transfer to be a backup, especially in your seventh no. year. Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like, if he wanted to be a backup or wanted to be a starter that bad and over a backup, he'd just go to Manhattan or Duquesne. Like I said before, like the two schools he visited, he's going to go to Rutgers, and I still think he's the full-fledged starter. But um, going back to Mulcahy, yeah, he's he's getting a pretty nice bag, it sounds like. And well, never grab yours and go for it. Um, you can't cry about it when uh, when you're not playing well, I guess. I don't know. It's a, it's such a weird downgrade, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's not like you could call it a lateral move, technically. But like Washington hasn't been good forever. Like now, Washington just hasn't such... made the tournament since 2011, and they had it... the number one overall pick in 2017 in, in Markel Fultz, and they didn't make the tournament then either. They changed yeah. coaches. I don't think their current head coach has had a winning season yet at Washington, and if he That's... has, it was you know maybe a couple games over 500. Um, and this is seen as a make-or-break year for them, too. Like, this yeah, is this season. They're, they're committing a ton of resources to the program, and they need to, to you know make it work. And it, it's not act like... Like Paul's a New Jersey guy through and through. It seems like he's only been to New Jersey for the most part. It's a totally different world out there in Seattle. Like, yeah. And sorry, I misspoke. So they've made one NCAA tournament since 2001. Okay. Um, they did go 27 and nine in uh, their current head coach Mike Hopkins' second year. Um, but yeah, they haven't. They haven't had. Uh, they've had one winning season in the last four years. And yeah, they're at 17 I... and 15. Not a good program. Let's just just put it like that. Um, I don't get it personally, but like I said, four hundred thousand reasons why. And we, I, I want to toot our own horn a little bit there because we were pretty much first on that one. Oh, and, we definitely uh, were. Yeah, by by a mile. Kind of said it as soon as he entered the portal. I think actually, I think it was on our instant reaction pod. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you don't believe me, go back and watch again. But yeah, one hundred seven in Ken Palm last year, sixteen sixteen. Like, ugh. yeah. But good I luck. mean, wish him luck. I. I have no ill will. I get, yeah. I, I mean, 
if he would have transferred like we previously said in April or something like that, there'd be literally like 0% ill will towards him. There are some people who will never forgive him for this. I'm not, I can't really live my life that way, but whatever. Um, Paul to Washington. Let's pivot to football. Uh, so there had been some kind of a lot of twists and turns with a lot of different recruits lately. Let's just start with the, the most topical one, Kaj Sanders, a mm-hmm. four-star corner out of Bergen Catholic, a school that Rutgers has notoriously had a hard time breaking into. He's announcing his commitment on Saturday. Yes. Tell, talk us through what you're hearing uh, about his recruitment and where you think he will possibly end up. Throughout the weekend, I had Wisconsin writers reaching out to me, North Carolina writers reaching out to me, and I was like, yeah, like, they all we all heard the same thing. We all heard it was Wisconsin. Or I should say did that start two weeks ago actually. We all heard it was UNC or Rockers. And I posted that on the board. And it sounded like UNC was in the lead. They built a pretty good relationship down there. Um, they have a Jersey guy who some of you might be familiar with. I mentioned him on the boards. He's been on our hot boards and Ty Greenwood over at uh UNC now. So it sounded like he was all UNC. Then this past weekend, it sounded like it was Wisconsin leading and then it was down to Wisconsin or UNC. Previously, it was like Wisconsin's too far, blah, blah, blah. Then it flip-flopped this weekend. Then Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday morning, it sounded all UNC again. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is going on with this? <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't understand it anymore. And then uh, someone posted on our boards Wednesday morning, and it, it said it was Rutgers. And I'm like, all right, well, that's, that's just, just reach out to everyone now at this point. Wednesday night hits, I get a phone call like 1030 at night. They're like, hey, we're hearing Rutgers again. I don't fucking know what's going on. Um, it sounds like the kid was favoring UNC pretty heavily, but it sounds like his parents don't want him going really that far at all. And um, it, it kind of makes sense. He also has an advisor that's working with him um, from Lifestyle Sports Agency and Latish Kinsler, whose son or nephew, I forget who, uh, Jordan Kinsler is a preferred walk-on on the team. So that's something to uh, monitor in Rutgers' favor at least. Um so yeah, it's it's just a weird situation, and now it sounds like Rutgers is in the driver's seat going into Saturday. We don't really know what's going to happen. Good news is, sounds like he's going to announce live on our uh, on Rivals End. Um, I think our YouTube or Instagram or Twitter, one of those, I forget which one. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely between those three schools. But it's been changing like hourly at this point. <laughs> like I don't really know because it sounded like the kid wanted to go to UNC and then all of a sudden it's like his parents got involved a little bit and now it sounds like they're pushing a little more towards Rutgers. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. Yeah. This has been a wild ride. Uh, it sounds like things are looking good for Rutgers right now, but Absolutely you know, they, they've twisted and turned how many times this week already. So <laughs> tenuously uh, optimistic about Rutgers chances with Kaj Sanders and he would make the second four star commitment of the class and mm-hmm. arguably our most important, I, I think Corey Duff's a better player, but to break into a school like, like BC, not B- Bergen Catholic. I mean, um, it's good to just kind of make headway there, but I still think if they have, you know, a five-star level kid, he's not coming to Rutgers. This is a, about the, the, the ceiling of kid you're going to get from Bergen Catholic. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what happens <clears throat> here. Um, although I will, I will say uh, in terms of impact, I love, Kosh Sanders as a player. I think he's yeah, phenomenal. He's, um, yes. I wrote an article with Adam Friedman back in late May following the Rivals camp where we get to saw him, we saw him again. I think that was the third time I saw him this spring in terms of camp circuits. And um, 
Friedman's take was was fiction. The, the whole thing was factor fiction, and it was Kosh Sanders is the most underrated player in Jersey, and he he had Emmanuel Ross, who uh, is a Red Bank Catholic kid, committed to Stanford. At the time, it obviously wasn't. Um, I said fact. I think Sanders is phenomenal. I think he's super impressive every single time I see him. He's got a college-ready body already, so you can kind of just stick him out there. Yes, we have him listed at safety, but he's probably going to play cornerback if I had to guess. He's a 6'1", 185. He's a tall, lengthy corner that Shiano and crew love. Um, really good speed. I should say solid speed. Does a great job reading and reacting to the play. Um, times the ball almost perfectly, whether it is to be make a big hit or play for the ball. There's one clip out there I'm trying to find right now. Um, I'll find it after this. And if he commits, I'll probably use that as, as his commitment um, <laughs> tweet thing. But he just whacks the shit out of one of the opposing wide receivers. And it's just like, hope. I love that. I haven't seen that in a while. You might get a, <laughs> might get a flag in college football at this point for that. But right. uh, high school, they're just going to be like, yeah, let it go. Like So it, it was uh, – he's, he's a really good player. I really think this is a star-studded get if Rutgers can pull this one out. But like I said, this is such a weird situation where it's just flip-flop every, every hour at this point. Um, and a similar kind of situation – has been occurring the last uh, few weeks oh, with God, that one's a miserable one with a uh, four-star athlete Willie Love uh, of Camden. <clears throat> so, what are you hearing is the latest with Willie Love? He, I don't even know where to start with this one. He came to campus in June. Let's just start from the beginning. So, he came to campus in June. He was expected to commit. We put a future cast in. We were ready to go. Had everything good. He decided, I don't want to commit yet. I want to take a couple more visits. Proceeds to schedule zero other visits. Wants to take them in fall. Got some advice from an advisor saying like, hey, you got to fix some stuff off the field before you can really um, take more visits because schools schools see your transcripts. They want your transcripts right away. Um, like you got to fix that. Like it's it's not impossible for him to fix, but it was still, it, it was definitely not going to be easy. But um, Rutgers was willing to take a flyer on him. Jersey kid. Um, one of the better Jersey kids. and then. Um, Figured he would he would commit on the spot. Didn't commit. Proceeds to take advice and proceeds to push it off, push it off, push it off. This past week, um, I think it was Monday or Sunday, he announced that he was going to commit on the sixth, which is today. Um, tried to t- call that school in order to commit, and said school says, "Sorry, but like you kind of missed the bus. Like you're a little late now. We have filled up with other." said position groups, linebackers, if you want to call it. And uh, that's that's kind of it. So now it's like, all right, deletes his tweet, tweets out, he's postponing it. <clears throat> the only Power 5 school left for him at the moment, I believe, is Syracuse, hence the Syracuse tweet with the Syracuse logo over the state of New Jersey. For some reason, Syracuse is pushing this narrative on uh, recruits right now that they own the state of New Jersey because they have seven, eight Which commits. Which is a and- total crock of shit, by the way. They have seven, eight Jersey kids, and Rutgers has what two? And it's like we're pushing. We we own Jersey, and it's like, all right, dude. Let's be and, honest. And like, how oh, many boy. of those kids are takes for Rutgers? Not, none of them have a Rutgers offer. Zero. <laughs> like, so let's just like squash that narrative. They're getting leftovers. They're basically standing <clears throat> on the ground at Rutgers' feet, collecting crumbs. Like, like just I I want you to push back on any like Syracuse fan who's in your life who might be pushing this narrative too, because it's total fucking horseshit. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, like, I'm looking at their, their roster right now. Like, Wimberley doesn't have a Rutgers offer. The Die brothers, who I actually kind of like, 
um, not for Big Ten linebackers, but just for linebackers in general. Um, don't have Rutgers offers. Jaden Brown was choosing between Rutgers and um, not Rutgers, uh, Syracuse and UConn. Taron Hale did have a Rutgers offer, but that kind of got pushed away a long time ago. Raheem Long's a Camden DB, a little on the smaller side, around 5'10", 5'11". I like him too, but I don't think he's phenomenal and like doesn't have a Rutgers offer. I think they beat out, I think they beat out UConn for most of these kids. Like it's not like it's anything crazy. Like, and I'm, I'm not hating on like yeah, I'm hating on UConn a little bit, I guess. But um, yeah, like it's just like what are you talking about? <laughs> Then they're going to get Willie Love, and they're going to push that narrative. We got a four star, and I guarantee you they're going to be pissed off the minute Willie Love drops. And I'm telling you right now, there is no way he's going to stay a four star, in my opinion. That's just what I think. I don't think he's a top ten recruit in Jersey right now, especially because he's transitioning to linebacker now. He did it at our rivals camp. He struggled in coverage, got toasted a couple times by tight ends. Um, I think one of those. I can see if I can find that clip, but I believe there was one clip with uh, Corey Duff actually toasting him, who's Tight end, wide receiver, whatever you want to call him. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just get the Syracuse narrative out of here. Like they, they talk about Rutgers more than anyone, and I'm shocked. I know. Like they haven't it's been wild. conference mates for what, like eight years now. I think there's just so many Syracuse fans because they don't have like a, a young fan base. They have so many fans who are just like stuck in this prism of late '80s early to mid nineties where Syracuse had a top basketball program, a top football program. They had it's done now, you know, they had Don McNabb, they had Marvin Harrison, they had Dwight <laughs> Freeney. Like they had so many like hall of fame level players. And then they had like tons of guys on the basketball side too. They were making final fours. They were having, you know, NBA draft first round picks regularly. And now they're they're They've been left behind in the conference realignment. They're stuck in this grant of rights deal with the ACC, they're not going to find a way out of that. Uh, they oh, they wouldn't folk. be the first choice for anybody expanding. Like the, there's no way the Big Ten would want to expand to Syracuse. There's no way mm-hmm. that the SEC would. There's no way the Big Twelve. Maybe the Big Twelve if they're real desperate. I don't think they're that desperate yet, though. I don't think so. But maybe a conference meet for UConn. That's about it. They're, they're yeah, taking like, UConn over Syracuse. Like they'd re. You'd really have to to squint to see a good landing spot for them. So the programs have taken a, a tumble. They're in a bad conference, not a bad conference. They're in a bad situation with their conference because there's no outs there. And so let's say that the grain of rights eventually does get dropped. Syracuse is going to be one of the last people looking for a chair in the game of uh, musical chairs. Like they're, they're just, it's just a fact. They don't bring anything really right now. Their legendary coach of basketball retired. Dino Babers is on the hot seat. They had like one good football season in the last 10 years. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they're just, they're, they're, they're drinking a lot of copium right now. And, uh, they're, they're still thinking of the days when Rutgers was a little brother. Rutgers is now head and shoulders above them, I'd say. Yeah. I think that's more than fair. Uh, I'm looking at that, that hot seat, uh, website, which I don't think even close to accurate, to be honest with you. But I don't even see Dino Babers in the top 30, which is wild. But yeah. that's, that's just not correct. Like, I mean, you got to win. And then, yep. like you said, Jim, Jim Bayham's gone. The team's just not going to be the same. Like they're, then they lose J- Gerard too. Uh, the, the guard, the, the guard so. score. Yeah. I think you went yeah. to the transfer portal. I don't know. even know what their roster looks like. They did get Johnny Freeman recently, which maybe it's just that new coach juice with Autry, but I can't see him doing anything close to what, uh, <laughs> what Bayheim did. 
Yep. It's, it's just the program's in turmoil. Like they're, yep. they're screwed. Like they're going to choose big 12 is going to go Yukon over them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh. I, here's me playing the world's smallest violin for Syracuse. <laughs> uh, and so somebody had said in one of the comment sections to, to crap on Syracuse more. So he, whoever wished for that, and I'm sure it's more than just there one you of you. Yeah. There you go. There was our rant on why Syracuse sucks. Um, yeah. The last thing I have on my docket here is uh, a little bit different than something we normally talk about. The Major League Baseball draft is this weekend. Um, Rutgers has Sunday. this Sunday. Yep. Sunday, yeah. Yep. So Rutgers has one guy that seems to be like a universal. He will definitely get drafted in one of the top few rounds. That's Ryan Lasco, the outfielder. Um, so uh, he's ranked. Uh, Keith Law has him ranked 72nd overall in the draft. MLB.com has him ranked 89th overall in the draft. So he will go pretty high. Uh, what are you hearing about Ryan Lasco in terms of the, the Major League Baseball draft? Yeah, so I know preseason, I think he was a top 40 kid, top 30 kid, something like that. Um, definitely a top 30, 40 college kid. I think that's a fact. Um, just because they draft so many high school kids at this point. But um yeah, it sounds like he's going to be like a late second to early third rounder. He um, could go earlier. It's uh, like it all depends on what scouts see and what they they don't see. But most of the top analysts, I know you looked it up before, all have him as like 72, 75 range. So that would go basically with what I said, probably a second round, third roundish. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how many rounds they do in day one. Um, is it one? It's probably more than one. It has to be, right? Because there's so many for baseball. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they've changed it a lot recently. Like the COVID year, they only did 10 rounds, and then I think they had mm-hmm. a new CBA. So I don't know how many it is at this, at this point. I think they do about 30 rounds, though, Ugh, by the guess. Miserable. But, uh, yeah, they're definitely – not just him, though. It sounds like Drew Conover might be a selection as well. Um, yep. On top of that, I also wanted to give a shout-out to – I don't know if you guys remember John O'Reilly couple years ago, he was a pitcher for Rutgers. Yep. Um, he's dominating AAA right now, and it sounds like he might get the call up soon for uh, Pittsburgh. So That'd wait be awesome. and see what happens there. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see another Rutgers player in MLB. Um, I don't – there isn't any right now, right? Am I wrong? Um, I don't believe so. I think the last <clears throat> Major League Baseball player from Rutgers was Pat Kilvahan. Kilvahan, um, yeah. I don't even know where he's at anymore. Is he still mm-hmm. playing? I think he does, but I don't think he's – in, a, in an affiliated league anymore. I think he's playing yeah, in baseball. You are correct. The uh, What the hell is this? New York Boulders of the Frontier League? Never heard of it. Don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, it sounds like Glasgow should be drafted. Uh, it sounds like Conover will get drafted. Um, it wouldn't shock me if like one of their high school kids get drafted because I feel like that happens every year. They get like all these yep. commits, and it's like – boom, drafted. And it's like, then big decision comes like, do you, do you go? Do you not? Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but yeah, this could be a, could be an interesting uh, weekend for Rutgers baseball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there's 20 rounds in the draft. I just looked it up. Um, okay. So that is all I've got. Is there anything else before we close up that you want to bring up? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. It's going to be, I don't want to say quiet weekend. It sounds like Kaj Sanders would be the only one. Um, it's July. It's supposed to be my off month. Recruiting, dude, it never stops. It's fucking ridiculous. It never stops. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I keep an eye out for Austin Williams. Some news on that soon. He told me he's going to decide pretty soon. I don't have an exact date or time when. I know he's still taking classes at uh, FIU, so he's not done there technically, but he is in the portal, obviously, taking visits. 
not going to stay there, but um, yeah, he's, he's finishing up some classes. So we're kind of waiting to see what happens there after he's done with that. DJ McClary, top 2025 linebacker kid, uh, New Jersey guy, four-star top rivals, 120, 105 or something like that. I forget what it is. Um, released the top eight, although his top eight is basically a top two from what I'm told. It's Penn State or Rutgers at the moment. Marquis Watson has a really good in there. Penn State also has a really good in there. So it's it's going to be tough. And I heard he could make a summer decision. So that's going to be one to really watch. Could be a kid that also flips multiple times down the line. So <laughs> there's that. There's that. Um, anyone that commits this early, it's like you're, you're probably going to flip at some point, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, everyone is asking about 2025 kids. It's not going to happen anytime soon, it seems like. It's still going to be a ways away. But um, other than that, I know Rutgers is still probably going to look for another addition. Minus, like, just hypothetically, Austin Williams commits. They have one more. They have two of our open ships. They're going to leave one probably for a walk-on, whether it be Aiden Terry, whether it be someone else. Um, but they're probably going to add someone else and it'd be the portal or the high school route. They're, they're looking into the high school route for late bloomers, which they've done pretty well with in the past. Antonio Chole was around this time last year, I think. Um, so that's something to monitor. Uh, Caleb McConnell was a late addition, if you guys remember. Uh, so keep an eye on that. And then they're going to announce the um, the out-of-conference schedule very soon. I don't know of an exact date, but it's going to be announced officially soon. And uh, they have one more game left. I told you they were on the docket. There was a, a rumor from one of those those accounts on Twitter that tweet out all the uh, out-of-conference things that it would be Howard, but I'm told it's not going to be Howard. But I was told it's probably going to be a lower-level local school. So take that for what it's worth. You can go do your research and all that. And maybe it's, maybe it's back to what I was saying before. Maybe it's one of those Jersey schools and Ryder or Fairleigh Dickinson or any of them. You already got St. Peter's, you got Seton Hall, you got Princeton. Just, just do it and, and do the MTE tournament. What are we, what are we doing? We do these MTEs at Rutgers. We do them everywhere. Make a Jersey one. Jersey loves basketball. Basketball needs New Jersey. That's like the NJ hoops recruit slogan. If you're Rutgers, you reach out to all these other programs, or if you're Seton Hall, Rutgers, Seton Hall, Princeton, Ryder, Monmouth, NJIT should all be in an MTE every single year against each other, and that would be the coolest thing in the world. Add Fairleigh Dickinson in there because I don't know if I said them or not. But mm. there's like seven, eight NJ D1 programs. Like do it every single year. Maybe you leave one out of the lower levels, but imagine a tournament with Monmouth, Rutgers, Princeton, and Seton Hall alone. That'd be That'd awesome. Be- amazing and you're going to sell out whatever arena it's at and dude, the best part is it's so local that you could just rotate the arenas yeah like one yeah, year mammoth's beautiful one year rucker's beautiful one year princeton jadwin's pretty cool yeah obviously you wouldn't want to have it at you know where it'd be better hear me out oh Fort here we go. Call, atlantic city that would be awesome three-day weekend yeah. you know game round one you play each each team you know it's a, an eight team tournament why not yeah. just do like all day, day one, day two is the semifinals, day three, the finals, and consolation games. That would be incredible. Um, yeah, and I know people absolutely. have mentioned playing in AC, but that, that that's actually a pretty nice venue for Dork Hall. It's it's cool. And when they have like uh what is it? Not the not the Mac, the M M M A A C tournament down there. Yep. It's it's like a sight to see. It's it's, yep. it's kind of different. It's old, it's nice, and it it makes too much sense not to do it. And there's no school that would be overly you know, benefited from that because nobody, none of these schools we mentioned are anywhere close to AC. So it would be, about, you know, about the same travel. It's not like one team could complain mm-hmm. about it more than the other. That'd be awesome. 
Yeah, um, it's that'd be absolutely insane. I think it'd be fun. It, it's it makes no sense not to do it. Instead of yep. doing these boring MTEs, go make it fun, make it exciting. Like, yep. well, there goes the dog. <laughs> um, so guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we we might be talking to you again soon, like we previously mentioned. But uh, just stay tuned to the board. Stay tuned to your uh, podcast feed and your. YouTube feed. I do have one special shout out. Today is my mom's 60th birthday. So happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Um, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Night Report podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.